0: Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T here we are again another week another awesome podcast this time for this podcast we go all the way around the world that's right we go to the UK across the pond and we get our boy Spike Andy Finch from Spikes Vintage Restorations he's on the podcast today if you don't know who he is you need to look him up on Instagram you can look up his Instagram handle uh, Andy the paint or go on his Facebook Spikes Vintage Restoration but he has been cranking out some of the dopest vehicles that are coming out worldwide let alone from England I don't even want to put the asterisk that they're England. He just knocked out two super dope Bajas that are just off the chain. I mean, this guy does phenomenal work. His shop over there, they are just doing what needs to be done in the VW scene, man. They're taking things to another level. So, great podcast. It's a little bit long, but totally worth it. And you guys that listen, You know what I mean, man. It's just good stories after good stories. He has cranked out some of the nicest vehicles, some for himself personally. So, he's got a personal collection that's just super rad. He's got a passion for the high hobby that is without question Uh, deep-seated in the 80s where we all started. And he also picked up his dream car. So the cool factor on this podcast is off the chain. And to find out the guys on the other side of the pond, you know what, guys? They're just like us. (laughs) They're hardcore into VWs, man, and got it in their blood. So I want to remind everybody again about our car show coming up. So we've got Let's Talk Dubs, one crazy weekend happening here in Las Vegas, September 24th. Mark your calendar, September 24th and 25th. Two strip cruises organized, one car show on Saturday, and the world-famous Let's Talk Dubs and the Wagon Poker Run happening Saturday night that's paying cash money out to the top three winners. So if you guys are looking for something to do, which I know you are, and you're looking to hang out with some VW stuff, which I know you do, you want to stay at a place that's affordable, come on down here. Don't forget to use the code when you log in to reserve your room to get a special room rate right now. Vegas is busy as all get out. And so you gotta use that special room rate, go to Let's Talk Dubs website and get that room code. there's a click to link to book the room directly. So go to letstalkdubs.com, click on Showtime, and then go book your room. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Finley VW in the Valley Auto Mall here in Las Vegas is one of our main sponsors, as well as Pedalworks Scott with Pedalworks you need Pedal Semi Redone, go see Scott at Pedalworks. Sunkiss Graphics for all your graphics needs. Other sponsors for the podcast are also Dam Volks out of Boulder City, Nevada. Damnvolks.com. Go check out their website. Ross Wolf is a sponsor of the Let's Talk Dubs one crazy weekend. Uh, and also we've got Vic built with the lab is a sponsor. So support the sponsors. There'll be links down in the pro in the show details. So make sure you guys support the people that support the podcast. This podcast is brought to you by VW Trends Magazine. That's right, VW Trends is back. The magazine by the people for the people. Go out there and subscribe at vwtrendsmagazine.com and get your latest subscription of the most high-quality VW magazine in the USA. So check out vwtrendsmagazine.com. Well, we got the bills paid and out of the way, so now it's time to get on to the best part. That's right, the podcast. So this week on Let's Talk Dubs, Spike with Spike's vintage restorations on Let's Talk Dubs. A Volkswagen So on today's show, uh, we're going across the pond and we're going deep. We're going to my man, Andy, over in uh, in the UK. Now, if you guys have seen uh, Spike's Custom Paint or Andy the Paint on Facebook or uh, a couple pretty dope Bajas that just hit the scene pretty recently over across the pond, that's what we've got on the podcast. And I'd like to welcome Andy to the podcast, aka Spike. Spike, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. So I've been wanting to get you on here for a little bit and I I love going across the pond because all of our brothers across the water there are into really the same thing that we're into and I've really uh, been watching some of the stuff that you've done and you've just done some phenomenal work and we're going to get into some of that. But like we always start the podcast, our first question is, what's your VW story and how did you get into Volkswagens?
1: Okay. Uh... Always been a car guy since I was young. Um, I knew what I wanted to do when I left school. I wanted to go in painting cars. That's what I wanted to do. Um, the school I was at, my high school, just before I left, um, there was a guy, uh, who was a famous drag racer over here in the VWC. His name's John, John Brewster from Auto Caban. And his house backed onto our school playing field. And he had this crazy 1303 street car um which no one has anything like this thing and uh he used to drive out on a daily basis and we used to uh, even be late for school in the morning because he'd be driving this thing to work and we'd be late to make sure that he would come past us you know and roll this 303 and i was like man i've got to get myself one of them and that, that's how i sort of just fell into it but uh, yeah then uh that that's how i sort of really knew that that's the car i wanted you know And was, so what's the first one that.
0: what's the first one that you pick up?
1: <laughs> I picked up a uh I was sixteen and over here in the UK you can't drive when you're sixteen, you have to be seventeen, but you can buy I bought a nineteen seventy two piece of junk, hand painted orange beetle with with a black vinyl roof. Oh, this thing was crap, man, but you know and, and that was my first car and I took it to work, I've got a job and I said to the guys where I was working at this big shop, I was the apprentice. I said, oh, I bought this car. Can I paint it? And they're like, man, you're 16. You, you know, you're you, you've never done anything like that. I said, well, you know, I'll try me own I'll do my own car. So they said, yeah, bring it in. And then I did my own car. I painted it. Oh, electric blue. It was <laughs> <laughs> It's real mad blue white. Weller fire spokes on it, you know, real first car. But I love that thing. That was, that was my first car. And, um, that got some abuse over the first few weeks of me driving, for sure.
0: Yeah, and and what year is this? Is this? I uh, mean, that you're this is.
1: Oh man, I, listen, I'm going to sound old now, but this was nineteen. This was nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah, so when I first when I first started driving.
0: Yeah, so eighty-eight. I think I, I'm I'm born in seventy-two. Yeah yeah
1: no december 31st 1970 i was born
0: yeah, yeah. so i'll pretend i'm a 71 you know that's it so so we're we're around the same age yeah now you see so the uk scene has its own its own vibe right because you guys have a little bit of limitations especially back in the 80s right you couldn't get you can't get super custom there with cars right
1: no i mean not really i mean back in the eight the early 80s the um it was just starting obviously, you know, it'd been around for a few years before the real hardcore people who pretty much started the scene over here. I luckily I fell into it. I think just at the right time, um, you know, and we started looking at the first show I went to was uh, bug jam 89, which was the second bug jam, which is the biggest show, you know, that the UK ever had and still is pretty big now. And, um, I, I went to that show and I had, a I had a different Beetle than had a thirty And yeah. uh, I went to that show, and I was just like, oh, my God, what is all this? You right, know? Right. And
0: the, the first time i have
1: been around that many Volkswagens in my life, and I was just like, this is crazy. And that was it. I was then focused on this is going to be my life, you know?
0: And what what style? Because you've got, you know, for a guy who does his own cars, you've got a couple different styles. You know what I mean? Yeah. And And I think it's – it's the general appreciation of the overall hobby, right? Like you just love every little bit of it. And what's your first style you're drawn to? And what's like, what's the car you see that you remember that just like that did it for you. It knocked you off your seat and you're like, <laughs> that's it. That's the, the car.
1: Well, the, the car that did it for me is, um, I know you want to get onto this later, but this car, the, the, the Dennis Hyde gear is, is, is the one that done it for me because one I'd never even seen a car on gear at all ever um now, I went to the shows when I went to the first show I didn't even know I didn't even realize it was a Volkswagen. I sort of just passed them by and there was a book that came out over here uh Colin Burnham done, which is classes that like the bible and um I was flicking through this book, and in there it was a picture of dennis Hyde's gear um and I just looked at this car and I was just like, "What is this? This is just <laughs> the coolest thing i've ever seen i read it and i read it and i read it that was my poster car you know i took the center page out i took the pages out and i had them on the wall in my, in my bedroom and i was looking at this car every day and i thought i'm gonna get one of them that's it i need a car for my gear in my life and i need to that car there it is my, my goal that was my thing i had to do so
0: so seeing you know, seeing the gear i mean is it because it breaks all the rules like slammed Fully polished wheels. It was yeah. fuchsia. Like you're cruising that car in, in 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 England, and people are like, "Who in the world is this guy?" Right? <laughs>
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's it just an it's so far out there. But it's it was just cool. No one in their right mind in the eighties would have had a pink car. Not right. like that. You know, you you just you would be laughed at if you had a normal car. You paint it pink. People are gonna laugh at you. Like, what is this guy doing? You know? Yeah. So you know that that's where i was headed you know, and i thought that's it I've, I've got to build myself something like that
0: now is it, now because we're close in age is your background you got a little bit of skateboarding or bmx kind of that rebel yeah. rebel youth in you
1: <laughs> yeah well i'm a bmx um you know i raced bmx from when i was 10 uh, right away through till 1990 I was still racing BMX um, over here uh, when I was driving, but then the usual thing, you got to that age, cars, girls, you know, and the BMX fell by the wayside, Yeah, but yeah.
0: I got my first car, my skateboard went right in the trunk, and I never got on it again. I started working, and then it was, life changed for (laughs) me, you know?
1: Yeah, that's it, yeah.
0: So... You're into BMX, so on a little side note, what's your BMX of choice? Since you were racing all stuff, what what was your bike to have back then?
1: When I when I raced um, when I first started, I had you know it was just a bike. I had a Peugeot, which is a, a, a French bike over here. But then I, as I got better, I raced a GT. And but when I was right, when I was probably I'll say when as the I was the best at what I was, uh, I had a profile champ then which i remember i had that profile champ for ages and then i swapped it i had that i had a gt and i had something else and i swapped all three for an old beetle just gave it to this guy (laughs) and i said i'll have that car mate that profile champ now it's thousands and thousands of pounds if you can even find one
0: (laughs) but that just shows it shows how sick your addiction to volkswagens became right like you're willing yeah like who wants these junky bikes from the 80s man let's dump these things for that sweet beetle over there that's got probably a a little too much rust because it's over there, right? 100%. 100%. I don't
1: know what I was doing. You know, but the bikes then, when I did that, they were worth nothing really, you know? Not like they are now, you know? So, no, it's a...
0: The crazy part, like with the BMX thing, right? You had BMX Action and BMX Plus Magazine, right? I think BMX Plus was like the... That was like the hot VWs of the hot VWs versus VW trends, right? It was BMX Plus. And there was this because it was maybe because Southern California was really the culture, it was like the BMX thing was threaded right in there, you know? And mm-hmm. maybe it's the background. Maybe it's that California vibe. I don't know what it is because, you know, I, I'm from the desert, right? I'm from Las Vegas here. Yeah. So it's like we got no oceans. <laughs> we got no waves to surf. But we got we got dirt jumps. We got BMX. We got skateboards. And it's it's part of that counterculture from the 80s of like – the new wave punk rock kind of this is we're doing something different and even our car says f you to the establishment right like it's a hundred percent it's a pink guia right <laughs> so now and we're going to get into how you obtained your ultimate dream car which i think yeah. is just such a cool story right but yeah so you now you start you leave school and you start you, you go right out of school and just like i want to be an apprentice working on cars that's what you get yeah into? that's
1: it yeah, that's exactly what I did. That's exactly what I did.
0: And you're working so, for a body shop or a mechanic shop?
1: Yeah, I was working for a, I was working for a mainstream body shop. I learned my trade. You know, I floated about between shops, um, absolutely loving what I was doing. You know, um, uh, I went out to Australia in 91. I worked out in Australia for a year. Um, I bought and sold a couple of VWs over there. Uh <laughs> I had some pretty crazy stories about, you know, I, I picked up a, a, everything's right-hand drive, obviously. So I picked up this right-hand drive split bus off this guy's driveway, original paint. I gave him like $250 for it, oh, which wow. in English money, it, it's it's double, yeah? So in English money, it's like £125. Anyway, and I was looking at this bus I think yeah, this is pretty cool. So I painted it, you know, I was only there for a year, and we rushed this bus through, and I painted it two-tone, and I lowered it, Drove it to work. And all the guys there are V8 this and V8 that. And I've got this, this bus there. And they're like, what, what are you doing with that? Now, look at it. And I said, yeah, it's cool, isn't it? And they were going, yeah, yeah, it's pretty sweet. I like the load. I <laughs> like this, that, and the other. And uh, like I say, it cost me next to nothing. And um, one day I was I, I went down the beach one afternoon. And I was parked down by the beach. And this young lad came over to me. And he said to me, man, that thing's so cool. And I said, yeah, it's all right, isn't it? And he'd go, we surfboard and that. And he said, do you want to sell it? And I, I said, well, I hadn't really thought about it, to be honest. And um he said, oh, I'll, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. And I said, well, you don't know how much I want for it yet. He said, doesn't matter. I'll buy it. And I said, well, OK. He said, can you take me home? And he said, no, I'll go and see my dad and we'll see what we can do. <laughs> so he jumped in the van and we drove back to his house. It's a huge, huge place down by the beach. He obviously went in, got his dad, his father come out and said, what do you want to buy this thing for? Look at it. He said, it's an old combi like this. And, uh, I said, yeah, it's cool though, isn't it? And he was going, yeah, he said, Dad, that's the car I want. I don't want a new car. That's what I want. And he said, all right. He said, okay, how much you want for it? And I said, all right, $8,000. And he looked at me and he said, $8,000 for an old Volkswagen. And I said, well, that's what it is. Which was an awful lot of money for one of them back then. And he said, all right, wait there then. Went in the house, came out with $8,000 in his hand. Cash. Gave me money and i had to give him the keys there and then and i and he, i had to walk home
0: you yeah, went wa- into, walk I, home I like, with a wad of cash
1: <laughs> honestly i went into work on the monday morning on my bike on my push bike and uh they're laughing at me oh your old volkswagen broke down and i said no look i've got eight thousand dollars for that and they were just like what <laughs> that's so incredible i made a few quid over there i made a few pounds and i came back and then just carried on sort of where i left off you know and um
0: and now, now, Spikes restorations, your deal completely, right? Yeah.
1: And yeah, that's at, mine. What,
0: at what point do you do you decide to go out on your own?
1: Well, um, 10 years ago, I worked at, um, well, so 10 years ago, I left probably uh, the job, what was, was my dream job. I worked at a place called JD Classics, and, which in England was the best, at, well, across the world, was the best body shop, classic car restoration, race shop, and I, I ended up being his body shop manager for nigh on six years.
0: What was the name Brilliant of the shop? job. What's the name of the shop?
1: JD Classics. JD Classics, it was called. And it was, it was just, it was the pinnacle of all places. And mm-hmm. I worked with some amazing people and, you know, and I ran his body shop for him. And long story short, I, I, I ended up getting sacked from that job <laughs> due to a myth me and the me and the boss not seeing eye to eye or something and i sort of stood my ground and it, i ended up getting fired for it um i then had to go home and explain why i'd lost my job i had an awful lot of money right and then uh which pushed me into this because i got, got sick and tired of working for other people and i thought you know i'm going to spend the rest of my life going from shop to shop because they don't do it how i want to do it and uh i just bit the bullet and just started renting this old shop and you know and I don't even know why, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason, and that right there proves it is. If you've got the heart to work, and if you want to work hard, then I think you can pretty much do anything. You know.
0: Well, and I think it it comes down, you know, we we can take it back to that that kind of punk rock attitude, like you know what, man, screw you, I'll do it better, I'll do it my way. You know what I mean? Like Sid Vicious, right? Things yeah. my way, right? So we decide we're going to do it our way. And then it's it, and and the thing is, to some of us, well, to all of us, it ends up becoming put up or shut up. And then it's yeah. like, you know what? Worst thing, you know, I, when I started my own business, my attitude was, the worst thing that could happen to me is I'll go back to work for them again, and I'm already the best 100%. they got. So what does yeah. it matter, right? So, <laughs> my you might as well bank on yourself. So and, and when you do that, I I think it, um, for me, fear is a huge motivator yeah you know what i mean yeah like i gotta make some money i gotta feed the kids i gotta this has gotta happen right like i've gotta make yeah. this work and how much of of that was you know real for you like okay well now here i done did it i stood my ground and now i'm on the wrong side <laughs> wrong side of this <laughs> Man, deal
1: it it, it it was exactly like that you know i've had i've worked you know Every day, every day I'd work, you know, we were having a few hours kept just to make sure that one, the job was done. Two, it was done right. Three, I don't let anybody down, you know, and obviously I had to bring some money home. Now, everyone knows that, you know, your business doesn't make any money really for the first few years, right. you know, which it didn't. But I had to keep going and, you know, and I was I was determined to, to make it work, you know. For, to, and it did, you know, I've got I've got some brilliant staff absolutely fantastic staff now um one of them who's been with me right from the start um and i wouldn't change them for the world you know they are absolutely brilliant they're all into it they're all car guys they all know what is expected of them you know and they don't let me down so we've got a good team there as well and a good team spirit so it's pretty cool
0: you know what's interesting that i've noticed about you as well is there's the saying that the shoemaker has no shoes right but that's not the case with you because you've, you've got a lineup of some pretty dope rides. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think yeah. sometimes I, I see it with my brother a lot, right? My brother grinds it out. My brother owns the wagon. He grinds it out on people's cars. And then his car is like, ah, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. You know, and, and yeah. mechanically, it's all sound and dialed in, but it's not where he wants it to be. Now, you, on the other hand, you make it a priority. To have yourself a pretty stellar ride on hand at all times, 100%. right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I... <laughs> you're, you're. I think you're. You're addicted to the gawkers checking you out. You know what I mean? Like, you, there, if, there's a good feeling about it, and plus, I think it's one of those things where you drive your statement that you make. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like your car. People can see your car. We're all representative of like who we are, but it's like when you have your car, people know. They can kind of get a good sense of who you are. So, what's yeah. the, what's in the current lineup right now, and what was really the first car you did for yourself? Um, the the first car I
1: in when I was working for Spikes, the first car I did for myself was um, my Samba, which I've got um, my twenty-three, my twenty-one window Samba, which I've got. That pretty much put me on the mar- on the mark because I built that. I built that van when I worked for my old employer and I built it using the same sort of standards that we were building, you know, two, three, four million pound cars for clients all around the world, um, Pebble Beach cars and stuff like that. So I just built my own car the same way. And uh, I dropped it at a show in Holland, in uh, Belgium, uh, EBI, uh, European Bugging. I just drove it there. I I finished it the night before and drove it to Belgium The, the next day and I pulled up in that. And everyone was just like, man, where did this come from? You know, this geezer just got this bus. And I didn't really <laughs> think much of it without being, you know, I'm not being big headed or anything. I just didn't think much about it because I see this thing on a daily basis. Right. And people were just like freaking out. They go, man, and this bus is the straightest thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, where, where did you do this? And I said, well, that's what we do. And it, it sort of, it just gave me that big kick kickstart that it wasn't just like, oh, who is that guy? Oh, that's the, that's the red bus. That's that's all they knew that I had a, you know, a really recognizable car, yeah. a really recognizable registration plate, which everybody knew, which then that sort of headed me off towards, oh, you're the one that's got that bus. You're the one that's done this. And so that, that's what sort of kicked it all off for me.
0: And then the, so what you're saying is the bus was really the statement that put you on the map. Like when you rolled up in a gangster bus like that, that was just pin straight and dumped in the weeds i mean aggressive looking so it had the best of both worlds like concourse yeah. restoration slammed on the ground yeah
1: absolutely yeah. and that was it you know a big motor you know it was just it was all of it you know and and, and that's what really give it the because it was either at the, at the time when i dropped that mate it was a it was a fair while ago now that it was either patina there was a lot of patina patina was seemed to be ruling the scene at the time you know and the few show cars that were around were you know, they've been around for a while and there wasn't a lot of effort being put into the show cars, you know, uh, the scene was changing. Quite, wait a second. It changed quite wait a lot. A
0: second. Yeah. Don't get me upset because now, now you're starting to talk about, I flew all the way to freaking Volks world and I go to the super show and there is this completely rusted 55 right hand drive bug from Ireland with a copper plated engine in it. And I'm standing there in amazement and I'm like, like I get it, but I don't get it. Like you know what I mean. Like I, I'm, and, and there's this separation that happened. I, I somebody got super upset with me online because there was a bus. It was a samba that was just as ratty as could be on the cover of Volksworld, and nothing yeah. against people that like their ratty stuff.
1: No, not at all.
0: But it was just one of those things. And and I always go back to maybe my personal beef on it is like, like, what kid is getting. Motivated, looking at a ratty patina car. What kid is yeah. like? Like it comes down the road and they're like walking home from school and they see it and they're like, "Whoa, cool!" I mean, there's a little bit of character to it, but yeah. you know, for me, I, I made a comment and I said, "I said, really, is this on the cover?" And then someone kind of started, "Oh man, you know, you don't that thing's all brand new <laughs> underneath," and blah 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 blah. And I, I, it's crazy because I equated it to like my mentality was like buying the torn up jeans. You know what I mean? My my, yeah, my personal fail, yeah. my personal philosophy on it was like, paint it, make it pin straight, dial it in, and get it scratched while you drive it. Like who like it's gonna happen, but yeah. it, get your own battle scars. And I just love my personal opinion. I just love a shiny look of a nice dialed in ride that just yeah. that, that just has that look. So I'm assuming you're a little of that same persuasion. Or are you a are you a, not a huge fan uh, of the ratina look? Not, I mean,
1: everyone takes the, they they take the Mick, you know, you know, Spike doesn't like this. But the thing is, you know, I would never own a car like that. It's not for me, but it's part of the scene. I I appreciate why people like it, you know, um, to have a really nice, super nice VW these days, especially these days, is, you know, you have to have a bit of money behind you to do it. To do it right. I mean that you can get a, a shiny bus or a shiny car. It might last a year or so and it's just and again it's just an old you know, tossed up old shitter, excuse me, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, but to do it properly and which is the only way we work, you know, it is expensive for anyone to do. So I can sort of appreciate that, but I don't what I don't like is the stuff that's just it's just finished, you know, it's hanging out. It's no good. You know, it's not even roadworthy and stuff. That that sort of thing is just – it doesn't do it for me at all, you know. Yeah. I think it's pointless, personally. And
0: that's the thing I could understand looking at. Like, I can get, like, preserving – I totally get preserving a car that has some history. I totally get that. Yeah. Now, yeah. something that your goal is that it looks like it doesn't run and it looks like it was abandoned, I don't understand yeah. that. Um, <laughs> but – you know, like when I saw that when I'm when I'm over there, Volksworld Super Show, and I see this, I don't. It, it was 2014. That was the year I was there, and yeah. and I see this car, and I'm just scratching my head, like, man, they got ten thousand dollars in brass plating or copper plating on the engine, but like the rocker mm. is not even attached to the the B pillar anymore, and no. it, like it's literally, it, you're driving a pan with a rotted shell on it. And it just, I just couldn't understand. I just, I thought like, okay, he won. He won the most likely to die of, of tetanus <laughs> from having the most rusty car at the show. But it was just kind of, it was weird. And, and you know, and I had conversations with, um, with uh, Ivan about it, you know, because Ivan yeah. was kind of my connect over there. And so he and I were chatting. I said, man, I don't get it. Maybe I'm just too old or, or, or what. But, you know, there, there's a line that you, Cross and I think um, it might be the school you come from of like started from the bottom and bring you know and, and build your way up and and yeah. I almost can disagree with you a little bit that well maybe it's not even a disagreement. I had a buddy of mine that took his car to like an Earl shy paint place nonstop yeah. over and over and over until the paint and <laughs> the paint bodywork were dialed in then he built the car yeah. it was a, a stocker like a vintage. And you I believe that cars can be built on a budget that have a theme that look good that someone's gone all the way through it where it's got yeah. there's some continuity in the style. Yeah. And it doesn't all have to be shiny and chrome plated and all this stuff. You know, I've seen you know, I interviewed I don't I don't know if uh you listened to the podcast I did with Steve Strope, but right. Steve Strope builds, you know, half a million dollar SEMA cars well the first cars that he had in hot rod magazine he painted with epoxy primer paint hanging from a coat hanger and you know just but he had he was taking mopars and doing like a pro touring euro look with them, which nobody was doing but he did something he stood yeah. out and and he did it clean enough and and took the extra step and cleaned this piece and did that but I think you can get there even on a budget, but the the, the trade off with no with a budget is determination and work ethic. Yeah, I mean it's the same thing that yeah, you're you, you're doing in that shop every day.
1: Yeah, I mean yeah I, I, yeah I understand yeah yeah you're right yeah I think what you know I think the the reason why I think that I, I'm, I was so drawn to the to the shiny cars and this is because I say we're from the same era and. There wasn't any car cars. There wasn't any of that sort of stuff. Everybody had a shiny car. You know, the you open a magazine. There's a shiny car. There's another one. There's a new one. There's a new one. You know, and Volkswagen here and, and custom car. There, there wasn't any of that stuff. So we never had, really had it around us. You know, so yeah. obviously things are a bit different now. But I remember, you know, we'd buy a car and we'd pull it apart and we'd paint it. Then two weeks later, it's on the road. You know, and it was a you know the night before a show just just to get it to the show and everyone oh, yeah. was loving it because everyone was doing it there was just so much of it around you know
0: yeah that's the insane part you know when when we did the podcast with George Delfino and he tells me that him and Steve they just blew out all brand new graphics on the car 2 weeks before the show cuz they scratched it put it on the trailer i'm thinking like just the gra- i have i have the notchback sitting in my garage right now
1: yeah and looking, cool.
0: looking at that notch back, like the airbrush graphics going into the fender well, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the, it's not just graphics. It's graphics with shading and reflection marks and all the stuff. Like, And this is in the beginning era of airbrushing. You know what I mean? This is like this car. And I told my buddy Tori when I picked it up from him. I said, you know, I wasn't super into the notch looking at the pictures and all that stuff. No. Driving home, I said, I'll give you every penny you have out of your pocket right now for this car. Because when I saw <laughs> when I saw this car, I kept looking at this thing like I went back to the 18-year-old self me and thought, "Man, I had that, you know, Knight Rider was on TV, push button dashes were the ticket, a button that said turbo boost. Like this car has it all. And I'm looking at this thing going, Bro, this is 1988, and I want to get inside and I want to leave. I want to listen to some information society and go cruise the strip. I mean, this is it, it's 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 the time in the 80s when people took a Volkswagen and said, I'm going to do power windows, power windows. That's crazy. Like I'm going to, I'm going to make all the modern accoutrements and we're going to really take the 21st century and shove it into this Volkswagen, which is kind of a thing gone by, right? Like that was the fad in the eighties. And now it's like the rarest, most vintage, most unique, most obscure, primitive thing that you can put on that car. But it was, it was the, the irony is it was, it was an accessory like oh yeah here's this you know in the 80s we're trying to put six-way power seats out of a honda cord in in the car and in, <laughs> in the 2020s we're like look at this super rare vintage seat recliner <laughs> you know what I mean? it's like it's like the the dichotomy of the two different things that have become in, yeah. in favor but i'm telling you everyone from our generation You see that notch back, and at first you're kind of like, ah, you know what, but then you see it, and you start to take it in, and you think, and then if you look at it through the eyes of, the guy who built this was 20. It's just, it's just like mind-numbing. You're thinking like, 20 years old? Like this dude, well, listen, I'm 49, and I still got a little bit of a trying to rush it too much in everything that I'm doing, and this guy Mm. had to have some patience, man, because, I mean, there's just so much detail put into it. And it was a guy yeah. who was committed on his own to do all this, you know, fiberglass and airbrushing and all this new technology, and, and maybe that's yeah. what spoiled us, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, and and the time frames. This is the thing. The time frames just freaked me out. Now, when we look at back at, we're all building three, four, five cars a year, you know, for ourselves in between having a job and. Oh, that right. sell that, and it wasn't a, a collector culture back then, it was literally buy one, sell one, we had to sell one to buy the next one, and had to sell that one, so we will build these cool cars for ourselves, and then just, oh, I think it's time for something else, and it would just go, and then you'd have another one, and you'd do the same thing to that, and like, you know, I remember my parents laughing, going, oh, I'll come around and get another car, you know, I was going, <laughs> what is this one, let's What the other one, I, was, oh, I sold that, I've got this.
0: Yeah, they're like, I thought you the know? last car was going to be your that's it car. <laughs> <laughs> That's it.
1: <laughs> I was. I, yeah, I won't build a cars for yourself. You you don't know how many times. Yeah, I've said this even recently. I mean, I've done the Baja for myself um, as a bit of a lockdown project, sort of thing to do to keep my mind up. All the bullshit that was going on, and I just thought, you know, I'm gonna do something some fun that no one's done in a while. And I won't. I, I think I don't think I'll build another car for myself for a bit. I've got a double cab, split double cab in the pipeline, which is halfway through being done, um, yeah. and then. Then last week or two weeks ago, I managed to lay my hand on this '56 um, Carmen Gear low light in Texas.
0: <laughs> it was just yeah, it I was think, just there. I think uh, Bus Crazy's got it. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. Orlando's got it. Orla- or, yeah, thing.
0: Orlando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: just like it was there. It was the right money. I've been wanting a low light for ages. It's a '56. It's cool because it it's it's so far from standard. It you know it's got it's got the wrong gearbox, the wrong engine. It's got 17s. It's got a five inch beam on it. And I thought you know that's for me that. And it was it was really cheap for us here that car. So I I took it off his hands and then um, it's kind of come home and we're gonna get stuck into that as soon as he gets back.
0: (laughs) So so you look you look at the dichotomy like of where we started, right? We're hunting for two hundred dollar projects. Yeah. And now you get, to the t- you get to the time in your life where you say, man, I couldn't even waste my time and build that. At least that's three quarters of the way where I want to be for half the price of what yeah. it would really cost me. And I think you got to take your lumps and build a few and then look back at it. You know, someone said uh, I sold my Type 34, you know, uh, a couple years back. And I told somebody, I said, uh, I said yeah, I sold that car for 70000 And they're like... 70,000. dollars I said, "Well, yeah, you know, how to sell a car for 70,000, you just put 90 in it and then you can sell it for se- <laughs> then you can sell it for 70, you know? So, I said, uh, you know, I, I was telling the guy, he's like, "Man, I, I can't believe you'd sell it." I said, he says, "Why would you sell a car? I thought you'd never sell a car." I said, "Well, you have to look at things from the standpoint of if I have a buyer that wants to buy it, when am I going to get another buyer?" Recently on my Crew Cab, I had a buyer. A guy an unsolicited offer, guy called me up kind of offered me a little bit of low low ball on it and I said ah you know for 5 grand more I'll sell it and then I started thinking about it and my brother's telling me like you can't build that car for that money I mean I got, and I just said yeah whatever and the guy called me back and he went back to his original price he said, so are you still cool with this and I said no that's not what we said 5000 more but really come to think about it I don't really want to sell it cuz the more I thought about it the more it was like yeah I can't replace it for that money. I mean, it's nope. it's absurd money you're selling it for in the world of Volkswagens, right? In the world of automobiles. But it's because I think uh, you can't get them, and like even for you, you know, to end up with your dream car, which we're going to get into in a little bit. But I still got <laughs> we still got to go through a little bit of the lineup, right? So yeah, yeah, the Samba's phenomenal. What's your next project?
1: My next project. My next project is what that I'm going to do now, or well, no, no, no. What that? came
0: after the Samba?
1: The Samba which was my notchback. was my red 1964 right-hand drive 1500s notchback, which which has got a another ridiculous history, which I could go on all night about. But uh, to cut a long story short, that was Ivan's car. Oh, really? Back in
0: 19
1: yeah, that was Ivan's car back in 1989, 88. Um. Uh,
0: now, to, for some of our people that might not know, Ivan, we're talking about Ivan McCutcheon, who used to be the editor yeah. for Volksworld. Before that, if I'm not mistaken, he was involved with Type 3 Detectives.
1: That's right. He was Type 3 Detectives. Yeah, that was his thing. And obviously, before and Paul Meadows, who owns it now, um, he, he gave him the name when he started his business, you see. so But yeah, the original Type 3 Detective was Ivan McCutcheon. So, so
0: to kind of bring things full circle, we're talking about a notchback that belonged, which was already a rare car in the UK and yeah. to belong to a guy who was the type three guy in the early nineties. Yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah. So it's a pretty, and, it's a pretty important car to get historically, right. Oh, to, to run across that car.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I was, uh, I'd sold my, my other Carmen gear. I had, I was 18. I sold my Carmen gear um that i had that that time um and i borrowed some money and i did some deals and i ended up with a 1970 right hand drive 911 t and that was my i i that you was know the last i had car, this car. <laughs> yeah it was a cool car man and i used to walk past this car on the way to school at junior school and it was in the guy's driveway and i said oh one day i'll own that car and then i was driving past it Obviously, know, I was eighteen. I was driving past. I said a horse outside the window. <laughs> I've stopped. So I've gone back, and it said nine thousand pounds, which was a lot of money back then. Yeah. yeah, And I was thinking, well, if I sell my car gear for five grand or whatever it was, and I, I could go to the bank and borrow some off them, and so I went. To, I, bought, I said, to, I lined up my Carmen gear for sale. A friend of mine said, yeah, I'll give you five grand for it. So I went to the bank and I said, look, can I borrow three thousand pounds? And we, I signed all the paperwork for the money. Still left me a thousand pounds short. So I went to see my employer at the time. I worked at a Ford get a Ford body shop and I uh, said to them, Look, can I borrow a thousand pounds? And they're like, like, Why? And I explained to them why. And the, 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 the wife, are you sick? The wife of you're going to be in the hospital. Like, what? <laughs> and I, they said, You want to buy a Porsche? And I said, Yeah. They said, What, well, you know, how are you going to afford that? And I said, Look, I've got most of the money. I just need that. And they said, Right. Okay. The deal is we'll lend you the other thousand pounds if on the one condition is that when you buy it, you've got to bring it straight here and it's got to go upstairs in the store, store where all they store all the new cars and you can't have it till you pay the loan back. I was like, yeah, 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 I'll do that. Didn't even think twice about it. <laughs> so I lent the money. I went and bought the car. I drove it from there to work, did exactly what they said and it sat there. So now I had to find a thousand pounds as quickly as I could in any way, shape or form. And I worked, I did private jobs. I worked every hour. God said, get this money And I remember paying them the last bit of money. It was like £150. I'd give them £150, and she'd give me the keys. And I said, That's it. I'm going out. And I was driving around in this Porsche. And and it was brilliant for a youngster to have a car like that. Um, You know, and it, all right, I'd borrowed a bit from the bank, but it was all mine. And then uh, after a while, I realized that it was so expensive to run. (laughs) It was was nothing like a Volkswagen. You know, it was costing me a lot of money. The the novelty had worn off. And I thought, you know what? I think it's time to move this on. <laughs> so after about eight months, I put up the sale. I'm driving. I went to a big VW show and I drove past Ivan. I didn't know him then. And he stopped me and he said, Oh, you know, I love the Porsche. He said, Can we do a deal? And I said, Well, I don't know, what have you got? The end show be his notch back and I was just, look at this notch and I was fucking Yeah. <laughs> now that is something special, that it was it was so cool, it was so different to everything else out there and I thought, you know what? I'll have that. So he ended up, he gave me, he gave me 2,000 pounds and the notchback for this 911, which sadly in <laughs> this, today's
0: rate, this sounds like the BMX deal. This,
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not very good at these deals. I think that car now is a hundred grand, you know, and some now, but Hey, we live and learn that we, right. it wasn't worth much then. So yeah. And now I did up with a notchback. I had it, I had it for a while. Um,
0: now, did you tear the notch you know, all the way then, down, or did you just do kind of a like, no? It,
1: it was it was a fully restored car. It was restored. It was it was beautiful. This car was like saying it was all done. Um, it turned out to be a bit of a Christine car, to be fair. Um, it was red with a white roof. Just and, and it just wanted to kill me. It, it it everything went wrong with it. It caught fire. I had a crash in it the first day I had it. Some woman pulled out on me and smashed all the side in. It's just that every time I we went out in this car, something happened to it. And in the end, I just said, I've had enough of this. And uh, so uh, <laughs> I ended up dealing it up, and it got sold and, and to one of my friends, and off it went. And I didn't see it for years and years and years and years. Fast forward to my 40th birthday, um, I thought I'd treat myself to something, you know. And then I was looking through the old, you know, the pages. I thought, I'll get, I really could do it. I, I did miss my notch. And I was looking for the internet, and I thought, hang on a minute, that's my old car for sale. DBW nine five one B the registration. I'm looking. I thought the ad's like half an hour old. So I'm looking at it. Turns out that a friend of mine, who I hadn't seen for fifteen years, had owned it the other side of the country, and it's been sitting in a barn. No, the poor way. thing was in a bad old state. You know. I rang him up and I was like, "Oh man, I've, I've got to have this car. I've got to have this car back." And he said, oh, but "I've agreed a deal. I've agreed a sale with a guy in America. To send it out there." And I said, "Mate, you can't." You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to tell him you can't have it. And I and I told him. I said, "I'll give me a old sob story in it." And he went, "All right, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll let you have it." So we done the deal, and I had the car back. And then I did tear it all completely down because it was pretty poorly, and then um, restored it to exactly how it was when I had it the first time round. Right. Um, but in the style we do now, you know. And I, the only thing I changed mate was the wheels because when I had it the first time, I couldn't afford fuchs. Replicas weren't available. And then it's exactly the same car, but just just with fuchsias on it now because that was what I wanted, you know. It ran steels back in the day, but that's how I liked it. So that's how I ended up with that one after the Samba.
0: And that one's the that's the that was the gear you got back, or what car was? No, that, that was the notchback. The not So notchback. hold on. So you sold the same notchback? Yeah. You got from yep. Ivan
1: in nineteen in nineteen ninety. I sold that. Nineteen ninety one. That went, and I didn't see it for uh, until. Ten years ago.
0: And so two thousand. So 2001, yeah. you buy the car back.
1: That's yeah, crazy and I've this. kept it. Yeah, and it's in my garage. And then uh, that, I'll never sell that one. That's the key for that one.
0: Christine, you're keeping Christine. Christine, yeah. T- <laughs> I think we've tamed her now.
1: But I always worry every time I get in the car, she wants to try and kill me or kill someone.
0: <laughs> and then after, so after this, what's the first... So the first car that you do for a customer that gets real big recognition is which car?
1: Um, I did a, uh, a thing called a Cool Flow cooler, uh, which was a bay window, uh, which had been modified, it had a big caravan on the back, yeah, the of a big camper. Snail, you know, yeah, yeah. So we did, I did that. It had already been done by a company um, called Slamworks over here, which aren't around anymore, and they'd done the van, and it was blue and it was ready. Um, uh, my friend Scott and his brothers at Callflow bought the van and then brought it to me and said, Look, you know, we want you to do this. And what do you reckon? So I said, Can I choose the color? Can I, can I do this? And they were, Yeah, you do it, do it. So I did it, painted it all, and it went out. And everyone was just like, Where'd this come from? Do you know what I mean? And they said, Oh, oh. it's the old slam works one. And they're like, Wow, and they've still got it now, and it's still crisp. It's still wicked. You know, it's still a mad thing that it was when we first done it. Yeah. And, uh, it just snowballed from there it just sort of we did another one did a low light gear but, you know they've done another gear and it just it just kept going and you know now it's just you know we've done so many cars and it's brilliant it's so nice to see the cars we've done over the long period of time and they're still looking really good and everyone's still enjoying the cars and so yeah it's pretty cool that these cars are still around you know some of the first ones we've done
0: Yeah, and I think that's one of the, you know, I saw that. I remember seeing that in 2014. I saw that bus, uh, that bay window at Volksworld, and I was just blown away, man. I was like, that thing is. I bought a uh, note to all you uh, U.S., uh, all you Yanks that go over there. um, When you buy a double X shirt, it's actually a medium in the U.S., so just a heads (laughs) up for you guys. Anybody (laughs) planning to go to London? (laughs) Europe and you know England and all that, buy a shirt, uh, be prepared because I have some EBI <laughs> shirts and some Volksworld shirts and stuff like that for my trips to Europe, but uh, they're a little tight, a little tight. The uh, the cool flow ones, <laughs> I gotta yeah, drop they're some, a little pounds. Bit tight.
1: they're a bit snug for us as well, but, you know,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I remember by as soon, as soon as I saw the cool flow van, I'm like, ah, oh, bro, I gotta get me some shirts, I gotta get you know, and they did such a a, a cool job of like having. A little bit of the, those BMX touches and some of their stuff, That's and it. and I yeah. remember at the show there was uh, if I'm not well, when I was at the show they had a half pipe set up with a bunch of BMX demos mm-hmm. and stuff, and it was just yeah, it, you know the Volksworld show was so so much different than the shows we have here in the states, and I just love the I love the vibe, you know what I mean yeah. of the shows that they have there because they're more it's more like a festival vibe than like yeah. than like just a pull up park and hang out you know what i mean so the next car that you decide to build for yourself after the notch is what
1: it was the it was oh a, a double cab uh mm-hmm. which was a 60 64 double cab I did uh, i want to do something for the shop have a shop truck um i bought a a pretty run down old, old 60 64 double cab off a friend steve walker over here um he let me have it pretty cheap. Um but we did that and uh with the help of my friend Marco in Holland we uh dropped it on the floor, set put a old school American Eagle fire spokes on it, painted them black, uh, yeah. a rib, had the thing was Turkish and white, um sign written up. And it wasn't that was the only end fact that wasn't a show car, that wasn't that was meant to be my shop truck, so it was a bit of an old beater. Um but it was pretty cool at the same time. And we dropped that and everyone was like, oh man, I can't believe you've got this as a shop truck. I had a tow bar on it. So I towed my <laughs> shit around with it.
0: Uh, so I, that's even know, better. It a, it a,
1: yeah. It, I loved it. It was cool. That was a cool thing. That was, um, the, uh, I had that. I, I was planning on keeping that, but again, um, uh, I got off so much money for it that, it wasn't even worth anything near what i was getting offered for it so that one had to go because it was just it was ridiculous if i if i was going to keep it you know
0: yeah you'd be sorry not counting that counting the money if like you're like listen if you're going to pay that yeah. much for it and then and then you feel almost bad you're like well it's got this problem it's got that problem it's got this you know what you're buying yeah. right you know and they're like no no i got Yeah it. oh yeah
1: yeah they knew exactly what it was and he said and they i said why would you why because they said oh we want to restore one i said why do you want to buy this even though it's, it's solid, you know, I've done all the floors and stuff. It's solid. But what, why would you want to do this and then restore it? Because it's a pretty cool thing as it is. And they said, because we cannot find another double cab that's complete and, and it's pretty much done. I said, so you're going to take my shop truck and you're going to completely change it. And they said, yep. And they did. And they, took, they changed it completely. And it like, took the tubs out, raised it up, done all that sort of stuff to it. But, they right, made it you know. a stalker. Well, not quiet, but
0: it's nothing like the how I had it. <laughs> it doesn't have the same attitude. No, nah. they put on the horn rim glasses and the uh, the pocket oh, protector. I got you, bro. I got. <laughs> so after so, I got, the sh- I've done you, so so after the shop truck,
1: I bought. I spent some of that money and bought another shop, another double cab yeah. uh, from the states, which I've still got, which is the one I'm doing. It got put. They got laid by the, by the wayside while other things happened. So that's still in progress.
0: So what um, passed up the double cab?
1: Uh, <laughs> the Type
0: 34. Now, t- now, what makes you decide to get a Type 34?
1: Well, again, it's a car that I could have bought back in a day when no one wanted them, I and they were they were you, people couldn't give these things away because they were ugly. Who wants it? Look at the stupid headlights. Who wants that thing? Yeah, right. So everyone wanted a Type One gear anyway, and then as as we got older and we started appreciating just how, how ridiculously cool these things were, I thought I'm going to get myself one of them but obviously I've sort of missed the boat a bit because now there's serious money and I bought one, a right hand drive 64 push button as a project car, got it back I, I bought it with rose tinted glasses and I was thinking, oh, <laughs> what, what have I done absolutely rotten as a pair I'm never going to finish it so a guy come along, offered me a load of money for it, so that went And then uh, with that money, I bought another one, which was complete. And on the road, it was a Teak uh, 66, really rare car. A guy from Scotland sold it to me. You know, really nice car. I bought it blind, paid a lot of money for it, came down from Scotland. I'm looking at this car thinking, oh, what have I bought? (laughs) And I, I was driving it about, and I thought, well, that's not too bad. So we stripped it down. I sent it off to be blasted. It came back, and it was just absolutely finished, this thing. And I just thought. Mate, what a, another car in bits, needs loads of metal work, can't find the parts. And it sat there in, for, a good year, sitting there like that. And then, uh, out the blue, some guy, Simon Wilson's name was, he rang me up and he said, "Ah, oh, um, do you buy, buy cars? And I said, no, not really. And he said, um, well, I've, what, well, what have you got? He said, I've got a bay window, blah, blah. I said, nah. I said, you got anything else? And he said, yeah, I've got a 66, um, razor I said, oh, yeah. I said, tell me about that. I want to know about that. And uh, he sent me some photos of it. It was red and it was a bit shitty, but it looked complete. And I said, is it rusty? And he said, no. And again, he was on the other side of the country. He's in Wales. And I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll send you half the money for the car. You, you send me the car on a truck. And if it isn't any good, you can have it right back and give me money back. And if it is good, I'll pay you the rest of the money. And he went, all right, deal. So a couple days later, this whole thing turns up. And it's not even off the truck. And I'm just like, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> and I said, I'm, I, I, look, I, I looked around it and I said, oh, man.
0: You've become said, an it, expert it, it, in spotting the rust spots on the type. Straight away.
1: <laughs> and I was like, no. And then we got off the truck. I said, does it start? And then we were trying to start it. And it wouldn't start. And I looked. It didn't even have a fuse box in it. The whole car was hardwired. There was not even a fuse in it. It, it was just ridiculous. And I rang him up and I said, look, man. I said, it ain't, it ain't what you told me. Blah, blah, blah If we can do a deal. I'll keep it. If not, I'll send it back. He goes, oh, I don't want it back, so we'll, let's do a deal. So we've done a deal. I got it at a really good price, and then I just left it out outside for a few weeks. And then um, we got it in. I pulled it in the shop. We started looking at it. I thought, ah, you know what? That's not that bad. And then we sort of got into it. I was going to just lower it, stick some wheels on it, and then just roll it around. And I try to kid myself, think that's right, thinking it's going to be okay, but it's just not. So... All the chrome off, it went to the chromers. All the paint comes off. We fixed the bits of rust and they doing. Trim went to the trim shop, you know, usual thing. And then we have done it in like five weeks from start to finish, and um, really? got it back. And we finished it. Yeah, and we, we we turned it back to its original color, which is the color that's on it now, that roulette green. Dropped it, narrowed the rear end, put the sixteens on it, and that's that's probably probably my favorite car to drive, to be honest.
0: Wow. I mean, type threes drive super nice to begin with, with, yeah. with the, uh, the, the notchback always has kind of like a Mr. Peabody look, you know? Yeah. And then the, but, but the razor, like once you fall in love with a razor, it's hard not to see that as probably in my opinion, one of the best looking Volkswagens out there because of the Itali- the Italian design and the super sporty look, you know, no one. No one really knows what it is when they see it. Everybody's like, "Oh, is that a Corvair? Is that a 2002?" And you're thinking, you're looking at them like, "What's wrong with you people? Like, can't you see what this? Is? It's a completely different car." But you know, yeah. um, you know, they they just the 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 panoramic dash is cool. Oh like, god, yeah. Everything about those cars. I mean, mine was one of my favorite cars to drive. My problem is with a 2.6 liter Type Four. I got a heavy foot, and uh, and the paint was way too shiny. So, you know, I, I would have, uh, you know, it was, it was dangerous when I got that car out there. It was like, I was showing everybody what's going on with the type 34, but you know, (laughs) obviously I, I, I'm not as strong-willed as you. I've kept mine. You still, I've sold mine. You still have yours. Yeah. And I, I yeah, I,
1: I won't sell that car. I've been offered some, I got offered really good money for it. And then the thing with that car is, is they're hard to find. They're very expensive cars to find a good one is, is just potluck or you pay absolutely premium money for one. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's just uh, people are, you know, I don't know how you found it, but I found the type 34 world, the forum, whatever, a very strange place. Yes. Um, <laughs> not for, yeah, I, You know, and not, there's nothing, I'm not, I'm not bitching about people. You know, I just think that everyone's got their own, their own group, got their own people you know, and like, they like a lowered car, but majority of them don't. They was always trying to find things wrong with other people's cars. I didn't like that sort of that, that thing around it, you know, and there's people that, are, you know, it's, oh, it hasn't got this part, hasn't got this part, hasn't got that part, and this is only, and on this month, this changed, and this, that, and the other now. <laughs>
0: right, right. And it's you hard. You know,
1: I, and I do understand that on certain years and certain models, all this sort of stuff happened, but trust me, these people at these, that you, who are building these cars, if they didn't have the right part at that time and that car was going out, they'll just take something on something else and they'll put it on this car. And maybe it wasn't right for that year or whatever, you know, and just yeah. because my car wasn't, didn't have this part on it or it didn't have, it was wrong or it should have been. And I didn't like all that. I'm I'm not that much of a purist. I don't really care, you know?
0: Well, it goes back, we're going back to the that punk rock attitude of like, I, it's my car, I'll build it how I like it. And I remember... You know, when I the year I debuted my gear in two thousand nine, and they were having an open house at uh, ISP West, and I thought, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna give them a treat. I'm taking the ninth, the 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 Type thirty four over there, thinking to myself like, man, these guys. If you show up with a split window at the classic. Or any of these VW events, and it's decked out, and it's dialed, and it's on. There's a crowd around the car, right? Yeah. Like, everybody just loves that look, right? Just pump the brakes if you think that's going to happen over at the Type 3 gathering, right? I I roll in over there. I might as well been on. Like, like I, might, I had COVID before everybody knew what COVID was, apparently, because I, I roll up <laughs> over there. And I'm thinking like – and I just kind of pull up in the car all low-key. And and we all – I don't care what anybody says. We all drive these cars and customize them because we like the attention. We like it. And we like – when we finally get in, we like to push the envelope. You know what I mean? And so I show up at the ISP West show thinking like, all right, let me sit back and watch the guys take it in and appreciate somebody doing something with a Type 34. And at the time that I did mine – there hadn't been very many that have been dialed in, and I mean really dialed no. in. So I show up over there and it's almost like it's the same thing you experienced. Like, uh uh, they didn't come in 65, they didn't offer them in in the anthracite <laughs> gray. <laughs> and I thought to myself, like, wait, let me just pump the brakes here real quick. This car's got a Berg five speed, it's got it's got a, a a type 4 fuel injected 2600 cc motor, leather interior, not vinyl leather. It's got custom painted gauges to match the style. Like I'm thinking to myself like, "Hold on, let me run through the list of all stuff." And what you have to say is they didn't offer it in anthracite gray in 1965. I just thought to myself like, "This is insanity." Like does Yeah. This isn't this has not been built to be like a a stock restoration, you know what I mean? It was no. just it was such a strange experience, but sometimes these the and I think it's because the niche gets so so nichey with the type 34 guys. And I listen, Lee hedges is my man, dude. Like he's he likes he can appreciate a custom one. He's, you know, he's he he's the historian, he's the guy that's got all the knowledge. And he's a he's a down, he's a down cat. Like I, I dig Lee. Some of the guys in the circle get a little they almost are offended by the customization. So <laughs> it, is the, it is the strangest experience. Cause you know, I think in the world of wanting to build something that turns a page or or is next level or it really kind of oh, no one's done you know, my my whole attitude when I acquired the gi i ran into randy gates who buddy built a yeah. blue split for and yeah i saw him at the dkp meet and i said hey man i gotta thank you for building that car now we all know buddy hell built the car yeah but the car wouldn't have been built if randy gates didn't pay the bill you get what i'm saying yeah and i said to yeah, him, yeah. i gotta thank you for building that car because that car pushed me to find a type 34 Ghia, because I looked at that split and I thought, okay, well, clearly this can't be outdone, right? So how do I change the game and get in this arena? And I thought, type 34 Ghia, that's what I'm going to get. And I already knew one in Vegas, and then I had this whole plan laid out, but I was going to build the same thing on a budget. Well, that budget, <laughs> that, I mean – and in hindsight, the money I paid to build it back then a 90 grand and it was cheap compared to what they're running nowadays to build. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. And,
0: you know, that car, I, you know, I just love, I love everything about it. Most paint and body guys really that just do Volkswagens like Buddy doesn't want to do another one because he did two. He did mine and then he did yeah. uh, David Ho's and uh, he there and I tease him all the time. I say, you just don't like him because they're a real car. Like it's got the curves, it's got the door. Like is that all these things that come into play when you're doing the paint and body work on it. I, as far as that goes, like what? What's the? What is the car that you you'll never do again?
1: Never do again. I'll never do a high top split <laughs> again. <It's> just- so, <laughs> Eric Eric Van Doren, if you're listening to this, and I really hope you do. That was the first and last one I'll ever do. And he's always always taking the mick out of me, saying to me, Are oh, you still moaning about that? But n- no way. One split van is bad enough, but it's do I doing two at once. Yeah. Never again.
0: Now, how does the factory is, is the problem the way the factory attaches the roof, is it just kind of a slap and slap and send down the road roof attachment or
1: Uh no, because it's all different. The roof's different. I mean, the the panels are mental because the doors um the high top doors on a split, which I didn't realize obviously until we were doing it, they do the bottom half of the door. Okay. Like a normal split up to the sways line. And then they get another door and they turn it upside down and they oh. put that. So you've got two bottoms of the doors and that's the shape of the door. It goes up like that. And I thought it, I, I said to him, this ain't right. What's this then? And that's how they built them. And they pretty much just, they built them and they were just a raggedy old van, which they threw together. And Eric, doesn't do raggedy old vans he said i want a show van it's got no windows in it it's a proper panel van right so the only window it's got the little one in the back and that's it and we had to go on this thing and do you know what i was rub i had a block this big and i'm rubbing this thing down like this there's two of us <laughs> on this van uh I-, I lost so much money doing it but it was we just had to finish this this van and we did it and it's it's mental this thing it's so straight it's it's white and uh it's still kicking around now we've done that six years ago now seven years ago now we've done that bus and it's and it's still as, as good as the day we did it but that thing there we were it was so destroyed we came in every morning for like six weeks just rubbing this thing down and making sure the gaps were good and just doing it and but you know even the flat and the polishing like you've had done with your notch bag. you watch all the color sanding and the stuff You your color sand in a bus which is it's just massive it's like this wall on my house. So I remember r- flat and polishing this thing. Just no, nah, never yeah, again.
0: Because when you know when you can kind of get away with stuff like that on the gear because the panels and pieces are smaller. And if you don't get the exact yeah. buff when you're overlaying the the polisher, you you won't see the lines like the buff lines. And then like with that thing, there's no getting around it. Like you got to use the same spot nah. on that buffer from top to bottom.
1: Yeah, and people stand there, so they stand next to it, and they it's like having a massive mirror. They're just standing next to it. Looking like this, you know, <laughs> looking down the side, you see him all like this, looking down the side, thinking this thing's massive, and you just think you've got no idea that thousands of hours we put into that thing because we've done it on a rotisserie, so underneath, inside, everything was done. You know, it was a full-on, full-on show bus, but he uses it on the road as well, which is which is brilliant. I, was, I love it.
0: Well, you know. It- and it's just one of those things where you, you do it one time and you, and you look at it and think like, yeah, I can't do it again. I don't have it in me because I already know what it took. And, and the journey, you never got to the end. When you got to the end, you look back and said, never again. And it's like, be, and it's because, now let me ask you this. If somebody brought one in and said, yeah, I want one. I don't want it to, have you pigeonholed yourself to where like everything that's got to come out of your shop's got to be in the nines or it's not coming out? Yeah. So you can't, like if a guy comes, he says, look, man, I'm just looking for a scuff and shoot. I won't do it. <laughs> He's like, no, man, I'll pay you double. I no. want a $1,500 paint job. I'm going to pay you $3,000 to do it.
1: Nope. Won't do it. <laughs> because we don't it, do it because it's my name at the end of the door, at the end of the day. And I, I can't, I can't have it. I'm, I'm quite, um, <laughs> I, I, I get, I'm quite, you know, I'm, I, I don't like, Having that sort of oh yeah you know that come out of that shop I hear it all the time I hear it, you know you hear people talking and I, I keep myself to myself and don't talk about you know in the if you're in the body shop trade or you paint cars or you whatever you do don't ever run your mouth for other people you know in the trade you don't do it you know because it will always come back on you no matter what and well, in all the years I've been doing this I just think it just takes one little mistake and you, your your whole your whole thing is ruined, you know, your whole uh, career or your whole, you know, yeah. oh, he oh, thinks it's all good. It doesn't take much, you know, it takes your whole life to build up a good reputation, but it takes one job to ruin it all. So now, you know, if they don't want to do it properly from the start, and I'll tell them straight, you know, if you don't want to do it properly, I appreciate that. You know, there's plenty of other people who, who will do it for the lesser price, you know, not because they're not, they can't do it, it's just the fact that you know, they're quite happy to do that sort of work.
0: Well, and that's and that's part of the challenge, right? When you're doing hmm. when, when you're doing something and you keep pushing the envelope, now the standard keeps moving up. And yeah. sometimes, you know, I think if you get to the point where you build a reputation, you don't yeah. have to justify the price, but there's always that guy and they even people that have money that come in and they think like, well, this guy sniffs too much body. Uh, too too much uh body filler <laughs> i'm going to tell him what it should cost to paint it you know what i mean like well listen oh, yeah. you're, you're a little high on the price there my boy andy why don't you come down around 15 grand and uh, we'll get it there and, it, and it's and it's those customers that there's a lot of satisfaction in saying you know what we're just not a good fit um, yeah because i've had that happen and, and and you're talking about respect between shops i was just listening about a couple U.S. shops here in town, and I know both guys. And I'd heard that uh, there's a customer that's having a car done at Shop A, and then Shop B starts getting involved with what he's paying Shop A, and then all of a sudden, yeah. Shop A's come into question. And it's Shop A's a shop that you really you can't question because how can you put a price on that level of work, right? Yeah. And I said, I said to the owner of Shop A, I said. I'm surprised he didn't call you because I would think there's this code, this unspoken code of like, hey, you know, you might want to talk to your. Hey, hey, friend, you might want to talk to your customer because he's he's not seeing the value in what you do. And you should spend some time explaining the value of what you do versus him calling because he's calling me, putting me on the spot. But that didn't happen. So that was kind of real weird for me. And I just thought when that happened, It said a lot to me about the integrity of shop B. Yeah. You know, because if somebody's to do that, even in my trade with what I do, if somebody else calls me and says, hey, I need you to come look at this job. I'm going to rip this job out. So-and-so did it, and he's going to pay for it, and blah, blah, blah. The first thing I'm going to do is take a step back and say, I don't want to get in the middle of it first.
1: No. No.
0: And second, I'll call the other guy and say, Hey, just to give you a heads up, because there's kind of a there's kind of a code among the builders like and and not that there's any collusion by any means, but it's just the fact of there's a level of respect that people don't always know the story. And every unhappy customer only has their side and their side's always 100%. right, no yeah. matter what. So it's a tricky yeah. business because it can really push you to where sometimes you're you don't like. What you do? Well, you think that you don't like what you do, but it's not that you don't like what you do. You just don't like the people sometimes attached to what you're doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've all been there. We've all had, you know, it it still upsets me. You know, people have got something to say, and you know that they they just do because because they can. There's a lot of this hiding behind uh,
0: keyboard, you know, social
1: media. (laughs) Hey, keyboard warriors. Oh God, yeah. I mean, I I was um. Uh, I, ju- I joined the UK Baja page. When I did my Baja, some guy who said, oh, you know, you should just join a page and put some pictures up of your two bars you just done. And I said, yeah, no worries anyway. So just did that and you get some good feedback and stuff. And so uh, we went to Bug Jam which was a few weeks ago, we took the two Bajas there and uh, we took them on trailers for the first time in my whole life I've trailed a car to a show <laughs> purely <laughs> because one, I wasn't sleeping in a tent for like three nights. I'm not going to do it right. because the weather forecast said it was going to rain. And I thought, you know what? I've got this bay window, which is my shop truck now. So we, we put them on trailers and we took them there anyway. And uh, we had them on display and we'd done what we had to do. We are driving around the weekend. And then um, I noticed that some of the posters and photos of the cars saying how cool they were. And then one guy said, this is the best bar I've ever seen. It's just right in all proportion, you know. It's got the right stance. It's got the right wheel. Everything's right about it. And then you get this huh, shame. There's some, someone put shame. It will never be used as they should be used. And then that's it. It was just this snowball of all these people. <laughs> I can't believe people that don't understand what, why they would build something like that and then not thinking. I'm not reading it. It's it's my it's my car, you know. And I, was, <laughs> I read it all, and I thought I don't normally get involved. I don't, especially you know, I don't need to justify what i do at all but i just sort of went look just look at the car right i said does it look like the sort of car that i'm gonna build take to the very first show after it's first been built and go and drive for a big mud pit in it now if someone wants to buy the car off me and they can do whatever they choose you know that's fine i don't care i said but you know i said it's not it's, it's my car and if i don't want to drive in the mud of it and I'm going to drive around the town where I live and I'm going to drive in London I'm going to do all the stuff I want to do but I ain't driving it through no, through no off-road track huh. well that's pointless isn't it and all this and I'm thinking you don't even know the history of the car you know you don't know anything about it you don't you don't know anything about me you, all you'll do is, is you just you just run in your mouth you write all your shit words on the internet because you can right. yet they're all there at the show and not one of them come up to me and said it to me at the show huh why don't you do this because they won't <laughs> they won't ever speak to you like to your face will
0: they you know, you know it's it's uh it's i think it's part of it's it's the biggest part of the hobby that's changed because of social media because before yeah. if you go back to the 80s uh you didn't even have a cell phone first so you couldn't call your buddy and complain no. so now everybody goes on the internet to complain but in the 80s if you didn't like a car they – Let's talk about Pink Lady, right? That car was not for any of the VWs. That guy was, that was a bold man who did that car, right? Nobody, today, the car gets all kinds of recognition. Back in the 80s, everybody's like, wrong show, SA. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) it's just, it's a whole different thing. Today, that car gets mad respect. And I think it's because that guy did, could you imagine the hate that guy would have got on social media if they had social media back then?
1: Oh, God, yeah. There would have been oh, a mass God, yeah. killing,
0: and everybody was buried in button-tucked coffins. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I think it's a, it, you know, it's it's a testament of the, of the change in times where people are are they're somehow convinced that their matter, their opinion matters, and really all that matters is yeah. On Let's Talk Dubs is mine and your opinion for now because we're just the guys talking. So, <laughs> so I, so I want to talk about the Bajas because. The crazy thing is like everybody I think is on this underlying wavelength that's the same because I've been scanning for a Baja recently because I thought, you know, it'd be so cool. But, but again, after having a car like my Gia, I don't know if I want another car like that again. So yeah. nice that I, I was bothered to drive it. And normally I just trash my – I don't trash my stuff. I just drive it. I don't take special precautions. Yeah. And – you know, I just I look at it like they're built to drive. But talking about the Bajas, so you built both of those cars for you?
1: Uh, no, the blue one, the 80s, uh, well, the, the blue one with the stripes uh, belongs to a friend of mine, um, Mick Downham. Now, <laughs> it, he, we've known each other for a long time, and he built the, the Sand Scorcher uh, replica, the Tamiya Sand Scorcher replica. He yeah. built that one years and years ago. He was the first one to do the replica. And then he uh, it, it ended up cutting that car up <laughs> because he, he couldn't stand the, the paint job he said was so bad and this that, and that. You know, he got the ump of it. And Mick's got a bit of a reputation of once he's got his his teeth into something, there's no, t- no change in his mind. He's a real stubborn character. So uh-huh. he ended up getting rid of that. And then we were one day we were sitting down. This is when all the COVID was happening. And we sat down. I said, you know what, man? I said, I fancy a Baja, you know. And he went, do you know what? So do I. And I said, well, I'm going to find one and buy one. <laughs> And he went really. I said, "Yeah." He anyway, about a week later. I was telling a couple of friends of mine. My other friend, he, he messaged me with a picture. He said, "Look at this. This is for sale," and it was in, it was in, um, it was in California, right by the Arizona border. And the guy who owned it, it was a '67. It's a '67. It was all original paint, right? Faded to hell, patinated. All the fiberglass was was just rot it was just so thin and it was a proper bar. The guy worked at Edwards Air Force Base and uh he had like um military grade headlights in it. This thing was built for purpose. All the rear end has been cut off. It's got IRS, it's got trekker rear end on it. It's got fox shops. This thing is built to drive across the desert. And then it was for sale for like three and a half thousand dollars. And uh I messaged him, I said, Look I, man, I want I need to buy this car. And he said, uh Yeah, okay. We'll do the deal. Sent Orlando, Off he went. Up to there. And then before he got there, the guy messaged me and said, look, I don't want to sell the car. The engine's broken. I, I don't want it being shipped to England. I don't want any bad feedback. I don't want any bad press saying that you sold this, this hit car. I said, look, don't worry about it. I would have rebuilt the engine anyway. So sell it to me. Write a thing if you want saying I'm happy to take it with the engine. It's no good. I said, take the engine out. It doesn't matter. And he was oh, I said, but obviously we've got to renegotiate the price. Right. So we came to the price and it, it worked out in English money at about fifteen hundred pounds. It was cheap as chips, yeah. More expensive cheap. to ship yeah, it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I got it home and and then actually it was in on its way down to LA. Um and then I said to Mick, and I said, oh, I bought this bar and I showed him and it was like, mate, I need one. You need to find me one. <laughs> so we were scouring the old internet like you do, and we found it on Craigslist in San Francisco, this red one, and then uh, the guy won $1,000 for it. It was like £600, and then <laughs> I, I, I did it all for him, and we got it back, and they shipped the pair of them back to England in a container, and it was, I think, from the day we got them back uh, to the day we were both on the road was just under a year. Um because obviously he's got his own job and he was paying he did a lot of the work himself, did the pan himself, did the motor, Got all the body and paint he gave to us to do. But then he just gave us these ridiculous things to do. Alright, I want I want that wide-eye bonnet, but I want it made into a bug eye bonnet. So we had to cut this bonnet with all the scoops in it, cut it in half and remake the whole bonnet out of this thing, and then it escalated to this he won a full on eighties retro throwback bar half and um so that's where he was and i want to do a more of a 70s themed yeah candy metal like madness you know so and that's that's how we ended up with those two cars so different but so the same, you know
0: oh yeah i mean i listen i i have been secretly looking for a baja for a while and i'm trying to find like a survivor you know what i mean just something cool and and it's you know, the first the first Volkswagen I ever rode in was my friend Rich, Rich Petrie. He had a bug-eyed Baja kit. We worked at a pizza place together, and he delivered pizzas, and <laughs> he had big knobbies in the back, and he had bias ply square tires in the front. And it used to Brilliant. rain, and we would go out in the parking lot at the shopping center and just do donuts for, like, because it had a <laughs> stock 1200 or whatever. I mean, it had nothing in it, $1,300, and, uh, you know, It it was just so cool to me because it was like, oh, man, this thing will go anywhere. Meanwhile, it's just a stock Volkswagen with fiberglass fenders on it. But I think – well, not I think. I know that the Baja thing is going to surge. You're a little ahead of the curve, but it's on its way. There's a guy. uh, I ran into him at the MP show. He's doing a Baja documentary, the documentary of the Baja. Just just recently, a few episodes back, I interviewed Gary Emery, who's Rod Emery's dad, who built the first Baja. You know what I mean? So – uh, I'm. I mean, I think there. It's. I think what happens is, you know, as being enthusiasts, we start with a love of one particular model, and then I don't know if we grow bored or we just enjoy the variety. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there's this continuity that goes through all the different cars from Bajas. You know, when I was younger, when I was a teenage street street kid, you couldn't pay me to buy, have a Baja. You know what I mean? Like Bajas are yeah. lame. It's all about the street. But now. I'm starting to really appreciate it, and you've done an amazing job on your on your behind. For you guys that haven't seen it, you'll see it down in the show notes. I'll attach some pictures of it, but you can also go uh, to to Spike's Vintage Restorations website, and uh, also he's Andy the Paint on Instagram. Uh, but it's just been, you know, it's just it, it's so cool because I think you're so far ahead of the curve, you know, of like. I don't want. I just think it's the guys our age are digging up all these treasures. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm definitely with you on that. The, uh, the, the bar thing. You're right. I would never have owned a Baja back in the day. Not, I, I wouldn't want one. I was just like, man, that's not for me. But it's outside. Actually, I, I'm using it now. It's out. It's out there, <laughs> and uh, I'm just. I've been driving it. You know, the weather's nice, and I've been driving it around, and it, it just. I drive it through town, and people are just standing there looking at looking at me, going, you know, they're watching me drive past, thinking, "What even is this bike driving?" You know, what what is that?
0: And let me ask—they love it,
1: and they're smiling, and, and you know. Let me ask this question on the
0: about the Baja: How, What's it? Is it an ordeal to get that registered in the UK?
1: No, it it's didn't even. It, it, it came over as a Baja. We registered it the car, and that's it. It's on a road. We don't even have to have MOTs on the old cars anymore, so we don't even. No one comes and inspects them, and you know, it's it's fine as long as I mean, the car's roadworthy. I mean, the car's. It's really road weather. Look after all my stuff, you know. So, yeah, if I did get stopped by the police, I mean, they might be able to pull you up for your tires are a little bit too big, and you know, come on, you know, it's a bit noisy. It's running a stinger. All right, I've got a silencer in it, but it's still running a stinger, and you know, but it's it's cool. It's not an old beater. That's the thing. No, the police stop you. They don't find anything wrong with it. And so, the the crazy part we appreciate the fact that it's it's nice. You know, is
0: the appreciation right to get it and appreciate like what it took to build a nice Baja back in the day, and that you can even take something that's... And I think that's part of the VW mystique. Like, I'm taking this bug that's not so cool, and I'm going to make you guys want it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to make yes. it cool, and you guys will want it. The guy comes out of his $80,000 BMW, walks over to your Baja like, wow, this thing sure is nice. I, I really like it. I've never seen one like this before. and You can tell, like, the gears are turning. You know, and, and that's what it's about. You know what I mean? That's I think it's yeah. it's about... Like setting the world on fire with the same old stuff, the same old platform, but doing it in a way where you're just bringing the people that never thought they would like a Volkswagen and they come up and go, you know, I don't really like Volkswagens, but I really like yours. So (laughs) now let's talk about the biggest deal that just happened in your life right now. (laughs) Volkswagen-wise. And there's, so we talked earlier in the podcast, your ultimate car was Dennis Hyde's Ghia. That was the hundred percent. That is the car. It's the fuchsia Ghia on. I think it's. Is it all all four and a half, or it's four and a half and deep six alloys, or is it all sixes? Uh,
1: I think it's they're all sixes.
0: Yeah, they're all sixes. I mean, yeah. it's classic eighties. It's a fuchsia car. It's all this stuff. So you've got this car seared in your mind. How do you find this car? What What gets you on the trail to to obtain this car?
1: Well, the the thing is that car. um, it, it, it's it made me it made me i had to build a car like that now i didn't know even know where to find a, a, a gear an early gear you know well it's not early but a, a small light you know i didn't know where to find it so i'm driving in ipswich years ago when i was a kid and then uh, this yellow carman gear just came flying past me and um i was like oh my god it's a carman gear so I I jumped in my sixty two uh, mint green cow like a beetle and I flew off after him anyway and we got into town and he went and he you see this guy pull up. We got out. And uh, it was on American Plates, it was on um I'm trying to think where where they came from anyway, I remember it in a bit. And um Montana, it was on Montana Plates as uh-huh. And uh where are we live in Ipswich, there were two great big American Air Force bases, there's RF Woodbridge and R F Bentwaters. Um, and I suppose all most of you American guys know about Ben Waters and the UFO bases and all this. Yeah. So this is a big, this is the older nuclear, um, uh, you know, nuclear weapons bases in England. Yeah. So lots and lots of American servicemen over here driving. And this is another thing where we started seeing these cars. And I saw this carman gear it was loaded on MP8. And I said to this guy, um, and I said, man, I want to buy your car. And he said, Hey man, he said, you know, I haven't been over here long. I've had it shipped over the state. And I said, look, what can we do? What can we do? And I hassled him and hassled him for this. Every time I saw him, I want to buy a car. And in the end, he said to me, all right, what, what can we do? I said, listen, I'll give you my 1962 right hand drive, small window cowlicker, MP5s, you know, all D-Chrome. We'll do a swap. And he looked at his car and he thought, do you know what? That's a pretty cool car because this yellow set is a 72 gear. It's a late old thing, a bit beat up, <laughs> but with a big motor in it. Right. And he said, all right, let's do the deal. So we'd done this deal, and I remember driving this car and the gear around, and it had a 1776 in it, the twin 40s, and all I had before that was like a little 1600, and this thing flew. Yeah, and I was like, like a, like Man. a monster.
0: Was,
1: Absolutely. <laughs> it sounded amazing. The carbs, the, the quiet pack, this thing was a killer. Anyway, so, and I thought, right, I'm going to make this car look like Dennis Hyde's gear. And I then took it upon myself to strip this thing down, and I painted it pink and I, I didn't have the money for em for foochies. I didn't have I didn't know anything about the early and late styles back then. Um but I remember I had this book open on my paint mixing bench at work when I worked for the Ford. And I was looking at this picture and I was mixing the paint up, looking at the picture, look mixing the paint, looking at the picture until I got on a stick and I thought that's the colour right there. And I painted my car pink and I made it look as close as I could to his car. And I drove around that car for ages. Um, and in my office at work, I've got a big poster on the wall of this car, pink and it sits hangs on my wall like that. So we're on this um, look so fast forward to now and obviously I joined the uh, custom 80s and 90s Volkswagen page
0: which by the way, and everyone by the way, shout out to Bob Daniels, it's his birthday today. He shares a birthday with yes. my sister. Happy birthday Bob. But I think you know that 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 Facebook page has stirred up a lot of the hobby.
1: You know. Yeah, 100%. Every, loads of people over here. Everyone's loving it. You know, the pictures are coming out. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. That page is brilliant. So, indirectly, it's Bob Daniel's fault. Yeah, this whole thing. Okay, <laughs> so this whole story is his right. fault. I'm sitting there and everyone's putting, ah, oh, what was the car that everyone liked? So, there it was. I put a picture of that car up. No one sort of paid much attention to it. And then about two weeks later, someone else put a picture of that car up. And I said, I just put, that's my dream car. Does anybody know where this car, if this car still exists? No, no, don't know anything about it. And then Mr. Delfino, <laughs> private message, private message me and said, um, you're right. And he goes, uh, I know where that car is. And I'm just like, what? He said, yeah, I know exactly where that car is. He said, uh, my friend built that car when we were at school. He said, you know, I know area and he still got it in his garage. And I was just like, "You're kidding me!" I said, "Really?" I said, "I said, is he, is he on Facebook?" Is he? he said, "No, he doesn't do Facebook. Doesn't do social media. Doesn't do any of that stuff." And he said, um, "And I said, oh, I just want to talk to him about. I want to tell him this whole story and that." And uh, he said, I-, "I can speak to him and ask him." He said, "Do you anything want me to ask him?" I said, "He asked me if he wants to sell a car." Like this, <laughs> and he said, "No, he probably won't." He goes, "He's had the car since he was what, 15, 16, 17 years old?" Right. And, uh, and I don't think he will anyway. So a day went past a couple of days. Then George messaged me and said, uh, I spoke to, I spoke to Dennis and he he's interested in selling the car. And I said, really? And he said, yeah. He said, uh, here's his number. And I give him a ring. And I was like, no way. <laughs> I'm, I'm, so I'm sitting at my work and I thought, and this, this has all happened in, in in like the space of what 48 hours yeah from me putting this post up saying where's this car so um i rang him no answer i ring him no no answer (laughs) so i rang him again about and i kept leaving it half an hour and i rang him and left a message i said look i'm not a stalker i'm really sorry if you think i'm a bit weird but you know i I, you know obviously i've been told you might be willing to sell the gear I'm, i'm interested in buying it give me a call that was that which was bizarre because i rang him from my mobile phone and uh, then well, later when, on the afternoon, the shop when yeah, the
0: photo ID, when the phone ID comes up stateside, it's like up oh, scammer. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, but then this will this this is the this is the this is the killer. My shop phone rang, my landline. I answered the phone, blah blah. And on the other end of the phone, this American American dude. Hey, is that Andy? And I just knew who it was without <laughs> even thinking. And I just went, "Is that Dennis?" And he went. Yeah, man. And I was like, have you got my shop number? Because that's not what I phoned you from. So he's obviously gone and done a little bit of homework and he's got my number and then rung me at the shop.
0: And uh, I was just like, He's bringing, no and He's and, bringing the car to you.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I was just so, I'm um, just like, oh, man. I said, look, you know, I'm really sorry for ringing you because he said, yeah, hey, I'm a bit busy. He said, you know, but I've got I've got five, 10 minutes. Let, let's have a little chat. And then I was chatting t- away to him and I said to him, you know, and then I said, look, just just bear with me. I've got to tell you this story. And I told him the whole story of how that car got me into painting custom cars. And that that car got me noticed back then because I painted this car pearl pink. And everyone was like, man, you've got a pink Carmen gear. But I'll tell you what, it's pretty cool. You know, and you're mate, and, and that was it. That was my thing. And I, I had this book for all this time, and I've still got it. It's over there. And uh we got talking and stuff. And then uh, I had a figure in my head of what I was going to pay for it what I could afford and uh, we were chatting and stuff and he said uh, what are you going to do with the car if I sold it to you what will you do with it and I said like, nothing I'm going to keep it the only thing I'm going to do to it is get it on the road I want to drive it I don't just want to look at it right. I want to be able to drive this car you know not every day but I want to be able to drive it to a show and I take it to Europe and, and, and show people this thing which is you know it's almost like it's not real because no one's ever seen it right. you know, not in this not in this part of the world and um." He said, right. He said, uh, okay. He said, you know what? I was thinking about selling it. Um, and I think I found the right person for the car. He said, so yeah, I could do a deal on the car. So, you know, I'm not going to obviously discuss what, what I paid for it, but it was obviously a good deal for me. Sure. And he, uh, he was just a diamond of a bloke. He was an absolute legend. He said to me, uh, do you know what? He said, uh, well, not to me. He told Robert Kidman he went to pick it up. He said to me, I said, I I felt I just felt like I was going to give it to him at one point. He said I thought I better I was almost going to give him the car. He said but I thought I better have a token payment on it, you know. Right. And uh, I prop you know I promised him I will would, I wouldn't sell it and I, I I won't that's my my word and I'd never sell it. Um, you know it's going to go in my showroom at work when I'm not using it and stuff like that. And um so I said that's right. And uh I said I promise I won't sell it. Blah blah blah. And he went he went okay. He said so we done the deal. And I said, OK. And I said, give me your bank details and I'll send you the money. And he's like, no, no. He said, I'm going away for the weekend. He said, I'll sort it out next week. And I was just like, no, man, I I just want to send you the money. I said, don't worry about it. Let me just send you the money. I said, so I uh, know. And, and then he said, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And anyway, so he said, I'll call you after the weekend. So I, I, I had to tell this story to tell everyone. I said, I, I need to tell everybody I've got this car, but I daren't tell them in case it never happened and the deal was off or something. So I rang up Robert Kidd and I said, Robert, man, I said, where's Bakersfield from you? And he said, oh, about an hour and a half drive. And I said, look, if I send you the guys this money, will you go and take it to him on Monday morning? <laughs> Robert said, yeah, give me his details, I'll go. And that's how we got there. And Robert, I okay, sent money to Robert and he went off down to Bakersfield on the Monday, got in contact with Dennis and, and met him and paid him and got the title and and then uh, it was stayed there for a couple of weeks and then Robert went and got a trailer and when he picked it up and brought it back to his, um, he'd done a few bits, to, like made it so it would move around a bit. And then uh, I still can't believe I owned it because he just, he took it to places in LA, he took, went down to where they filmed uh, Fast and Furious outside yeah. uh, his house, outside the, you know, the restaurant and that. And then he, he took some photos and he took it here and he took it there and took these mad pictures of it. It's brilliant. Took it down to the shippers. And it, ever since then, it's been stuck at LA port COVID this, COVID that, stuck there, loaded onto the ship. There was a month delay. Um, it's still not here. It's you're not st- next week. You're still, still waiting on the here. car. It's still waiting. It's meant to be here this week. It's not. It's going to be here next week, apparently. So let's just fingers crossed it will be here next week. And then um, I'm going to get it back to the shop, and then we're going to get it done, and then we're going to get it ready to go to Volkswagen in March next year. So they're going to put on a special display for it because even though it was my that was my car that was the thing that got me into doing what i'm doing in in the direction i was going building the sort of cars we were building because i kept going back to that picture in that book looking at it thinking there's i've never that car is ridiculous it's so good and it's just right it sits right it's got everything right about it you know i need to do something like that and i know everyone says they say oh don't ever meet your idol don't ever meet you're, you're you know the person right. you want to meet and I, I sort of almost feel a bit about this car because i know it's never going to look like what i can imagine it to look like in that picture because it's been sitting around for so long but i intend to bring it back to that so i can i can take that picture you know have the same angle picture taken of it but with me in it yeah. you know and that's just that's just what i want and, and so many people in this country and europe have been messaging me going i can't believe you bought that car You know, can we come and see it? You know, what you can do with it, and I said, yeah. Listen, it's it's not just me. It was a massive influence on the scene. That car and the cars that the guys at Bakersfield were building were just this huge impact in this country. You know, to to push the the scene forward. You know, to doing what we're doing. So, you know, Dennis and all those guys, Bill and that the guys that were building these cars had. I don't think they realise the impact. That they've had on us on our generation um, in this country
0: a hundred percent you know I, I talked to steve connect who was the guy that had a, a big hand yeah. in those cars and he painted i think he painted that car steve i think steve painted he that did car. yeah, he painted, yeah. Gear, yeah. Steve painted that car yeah. that's where he got inspired to paint the notch back he said dennis i'm going to yeah. borrow that color and paint the notch back and there was this whole you know when i met with chris addington the gear is so far back in his memory; it's like old news from the '80s. Who cares, type of thing. And it's, it, it, you know, but when I sat there and talked to him, and I said, "Man, I don't think you understand the influence that these cars had on young kids. That one day we're going to be, were, we're the next guys that are going to be putting cars out there that are pushing the scene, that are doing this. And it's because of those cars. And so that's why, you know." It, it doesn't matter the quality of the stuff that's done to that car. But let me tell you this. Based on what I see here at the shop, at my shop with Tori's car, with Tori's notchback, everybody yeah. thinks I bought it and and I tried to buy it, but <laughs> he said, Oh man, I'm so happy to hear how glad you are, how cool this car is, man. I was really worried that, you know, I was gonna be buying a real lump of coal. And based on the <laughs> detail, the based on the detail that's on this notchback, I don't think you're going to be. I, I I know <laughs> think, yeah, based based on the level of of quality that I see when I look at it through the prism of a it was thirty years ago, yeah, and B the age of the guys that they were when they were doing it, it's really really held up to a really good level. Yeah. Like you know, uh, it's I think you're gonna be happy when you get it. You're not gonna be like you know meet your idol and you're like oh this is a real bummer because like I said. When I was going to get the notch back, I called called Tori and I said, bro, I'll buy it right now. I'll buy it right now, and uh, I'm totally okay with all that. And, you know, Steve did a good job, especially for how young he was and the standard of quality that was typical for the show cars of that era. I mean, look, I got my car and my car. You'll want to look under the skirt of that prom dress because I'm going to tell you right now, it's, uh, (laughs) you know, my my chop rod is – it needs a little finessing underneath and it's definitely, an, it's an eighties, you know, cause in the eighties there was show cars, which was like Dennis Hyde's car, the rod buster, yeah. the notchback. Like those were show cars. My car yeah. was a super nice driver. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it definitely, even when, when, uh, when Scott sold the car, he didn't sell it as like a show car. He's like, that was my daily driver, you know, chop yeah. top on original BRMs, you know, no big deal. But, uh, it it's one of those things where, for me, I've never been into, like, oh, man, that's somebody – your biggest fear, I think, as a car guy is buying someone else's car, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you got Eddie's old car. Yeah, it's cool. How's Eddie's old car doing? It's like dating his ex-girlfriend, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. So-and-so and so did it, but, you know, and we all have this reserve about, like, ah, I don't want to drive somebody else's car. I want to – but I think the difference for me, like when, when, when Tori and I wrapped up the podcast and we started talking about, he says, hey, did you say that Chop Top was your favorite car? I'm like, yeah, that drag chop or chop rod was my favorite car. And he's like, well, Bob, back to Bob Daniels, the troublemaker, he's like, well, Bob knows he's in touch with Jim who owns the car. And I said, really? Eh, maybe I'll call. I don't really need it. I don't need another car. you know." And the more I kept going back to the magazine and looking at it, the more I looked at my first bug, I realized how much how much it had influenced my first bug, you know. I mean Esco. Cool. So it's like it was it was all red, you know what I mean? And it was like Yeah. Uh, you know, and it was in the nineties, so I had to do a two tone splash to make it, you know, to oh, make yeah. it to kind of modernize it. But it was like the more I looked at it in the magazine, the more I was like, man, that car really is just stuck in my in my craw. And then the fact of the history of that car was like it was a done deal. He called me and he's like, "Yeah, I want X amount of dollars for the car." I said, "No problem, I'll take it." And then I'm thinking, I thought to myself for a second, like you're buying somebody else's car. And then when I saw the car, that was it. I said, "Nope, I'm so glad I'm buying this thing, even in in the little yeah. bit of dilapidated state and all the stuff." So I'm excited for you to get it. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think you should. I think you should Instagram live. Someone should hold the camera and have it on your face when you get it because I'm telling you right now, uh, it's, just a, it's just a really cool moment. And for, for guys like us to be able to perpetuate that history. In other words, your car, my car, the notchback, all these cars have been shoved in a garage for the past 30 years. And the best thing that we can do with those cars is bring them back out so, we can, so it can inspire the next spike you know what I mean? The, <laughs> Absolutely. You know?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean,
0: the, the, I I can't even remember the
1: last time I, I, I saw a pink car on a road. You know what I mean? And there's, there's, like, there's a big res- resurgence. And, and, and the guys at work, the young lads at work, are <laughs> going, you ain't going to drive that, are you? And I said, yeah. They said, you're going to drive that pink car. And I, they said, it's really pink. I said, I can get away with it. I said, I can get away with it totally, because one, it's a Porsche colour. Two, when you see it, you'll get it. And they're like, all right, all right, we'll, we'll get it, you know. And my my brother, um, Alex, who's he's a chartered accountant. He's not a car guy, doesn't really care about them, you know. And I was around there a little while ago, and I was telling the whole story. And he said, you know what, Andy, he goes, out of all the cars you've had, he said, the one that really sticks in my mind is your pink Armand gear. I love that car. And I said, yeah, and I said, this is the car that made me do it, made yeah. me do what I do, and, you know, and those, you know, and I, I messaged Steve, Steve, uh, and I said to Steve about it, and I said, you know, I know it might sound weird, you know, coming from another, you know, from the other side of the world, and, you know, but this is the reason, and, you know, you guys built the most amazing cars, I mean, to the point when it was just, we went and, we went to the airbase to get uh VW trends and hot VWs, because... You couldn't buy the yeah. magazine. So we used to go get the American guys to buy us all these magazines. And <laughs> we were like, this, you know, oh, yeah. look, what's in it this month? You know, and it's just crazy that, you know, and the fact that I, that that car, it, I think it was destined to come to me at one point. Yeah. It, 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 it's ended up in my hands. And I, I spoke to some people. I hadn't spoke to in years and I said do you remember that pink car gear and they were going yeah I said I've just bought it and I said oh what one just like it and I said no I've actually bought that car I've got that car and they said oh is it one with a pink exhaust and I said yeah and I said and it's still got the pink exhaust and they were like really and I said, yeah and th- th- I think people are just gagging to see it my parents as well you know my parents in right? my dad's in his mid-80s now and, I, and he just said to me do you know what I said I'm actually looking forward to you getting that I want to see it you know I want to see these things how something in the other side of the world can influence you that much that you know you want the, you make a career out of it. So
0: yeah, and I think that's that's the part of the hobby that's so great that that the ones of us that are involved in a hobby, whether it's building cars, doing the podcast, buying cars, whatever it is, it's you know our wives look at us like, are you mental? Like she, yeah. <laughs> you're like you're like look at it. I'm like look at it, babe. She's like what? I'm like. Don't you see it? And 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 I always go back to like my Corvette summer. You know when 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 Mark Hamill builds this Corvette that's headed for the scrapper, and he builds this whole car back, and it's like he builds the baddest car. And really, you know, it's this this you're looking at that car, and you don't see it. It's like shallow Hal when he looks at Gwyneth Paltrow, and she's just like this super hot. In reality, she's just this busted mess. But it's like we see the vision of either what we want to build, what we've seen in our head. But it's this, I you know, for me, it's like the cars have a bit of a personality to them, you know, and yeah, uh, and I, yeah. I I think it's awesome that you're getting it because rather than the car, like the biggest thing for us was cars go to Japan, they never come back. That was what's was happening in the '80s and '90s. Yeah, and for the cars to be changing hands to the next generation of guys that almost want to grab some of the nostalgia you know i have cars that people know of that are mine my, my they're my cars yeah but for me to bring this car out for people to see it some some people get it some people don't get it and the reason that i have it is for the guys like us that go oh man i can't believe this is that car you know what i mean yeah. and and it's just a it's so it's so good to be able to ignite that fire in people again because i've had people that when i got it you know, they were like, man, I, I want to get another Volkswagen again. I want to do, you know, they they get some inspired to be there. And that, for me, is the greatest thing that we can do in the hobbyists is create yeah. things that inspire other people to do their own projects, you know. so Absolutely. No, I think yeah, it's absolutely. I, I think it's such an awesome story, and you deserve to get that car. <laughs> you know, at first when I first Thank heard you. about it, I said, is it really leaving the States? You know, I'm gonna shut down the border. We got to do something about this. And then I thought, you know, when I heard how much you love this car, I thought, it's just perfect. It's perfect that he gets yes. this car because I'm sure there's other people that that did it, but how many other people love this car and then like end up doing custom paint and body that's motivated and and the fire's been lit by seeing this car the seeing this pink carmen guia in a mag I mean the most obscure thing in the world and you never thought to yourself i told my i, I told my wife the other day i said because now everybody's got the they've got the the resurgence of all the big rippers the pk rippers and all this kind of stuff yeah so I, now when i was a kid we were poor like i couldn't afford yeah. i couldn't afford a uh a knockoff PK Ripper. right? A team Murray. You know what I mean? You know who's on team yeah, Murray, yeah. Murray and the blokes. That's who's on team Murray. Yeah, right? yeah. And so yeah, we, yeah. I'm over here. My wife and I go on a bike ride and I've got a 29 inch PK big ripper that my brother got me. <laughs> and I said my wife and I, and, and so I drove to cars and coffee illegally in the rag chop so that, you know, I could bring it out to show it off a little bit. I lost a center cap driving there. So I told the wife, I said, my wife's really into fitness. I said, hey, babe, let's go on a bike ride today. She goes, you want to go on a bike ride? I said, yeah. Let's drive down to where I go to Cars and Coffee. So it's like a nine-mile bike ride. <laughs> I we, know, it's coming. Yeah, we <laughs> finally we finally make it there. She's like, well, I said, I got to go look for the center cap, babe. That's what we got to do. So she's like, all right. She's, she, my wife's addicted to fitness. She's on the bike, no problem. And I'm sitting there at the 7-Eleven on this, this 29-inch Ripper, and I think to myself, you know, babe, when I was 15 years old, I never thought that I would be almost 50 years old, excited to ride a PK Ripper. I never thought in my, my mind of minds that I'd be almost 50. I'm 49 years old. I'm at the 7-Eleven on a PK Ripper. And when I was 14 years old, that bike was a dream. And it's like, ah, eh, no big deal. I'll just hop on this bike. And it's so funny how yeah. these nostalgic things come back to us. Absolutely. And when I looked at yeah. my dad when he was 50, I was like, he wasn't going to take a bike ride on a PK Ripper for eight miles.
1: No, absolutely not. I mean, I think last weekend before last, we were at Bug Jam. Anyway, I, I took my, I've got a 1981 Mongoose Super Goose. Um, All as a Survivor, Black Skyways. Anyway, this thing's cooler as you like. I had my bike there. Mick had his, his bikes there. And uh, we had a couple of beers. And I remember my missus, um, she was, somewhere over there and i said i was going to go and get her so I, bearing in mind i am 50 and i rode over there and i, I said come on She's got on a bars she's, she's on the bars and i'm tripping back and we're riding back and it just didn't seem any different to me like it was when i was 18 when i was 15 it didn't seem any different to me and i just think is it just me or is it just our sort of group is it what we do is it most of the people i'm looking at are doing the same thing at this age and we, we don't seem to have grown up you know, yeah, well, I've got kids who are in their 20s and, you know, my youngest is off to law school next month. And uh, it's all, you know, they look at my dad and they think he's mad. You know, yeah. Our other dads are sitting there at home reading the paper and doing that that sort of bullshit. But, you know, I'm out at a car show riding my bike with my missus on the handlebars and buying pink cars and driving <laughs> the bar around the streets. You know, my youngest said to me, I say he's 19, he's nearly 20. And he goes, he's starting, he's going to law school next month. And I said, when you start, when you go on your first day to college or university, take the bar car, turn up in that car, just go there. Everyone's going to be picked up or dropped off in their parents' cars or whatever. Take that car, and and he's looking at me going, "Are you nuts, Dad?" And I said, (laughs) "Yeah, but you'll be the coolest kid. Everyone will just be have you seen that guy that's turned up in that, what whatever is that? What is that car? That beetle?' You know?" I said, "You'll just break the ice in one foul swoop." I was telling, trying to get him to take it, and he
0: wouldn't. Everybody, everybody wants to be, everybody wants to be your friend in our minds when you're the guy with the standout. You know what I mean? And I think, oh hell yeah, I think in all of our heads we're replaying those movies from the '80s where the kid pulls up in high school and something super cool, and he's, you know what I mean? Like, it's so funny, but you know, it's it's really. It's it's almost a lifestyle thing with people like us, yeah. with our generation. Because like I said, our generation that was a lot older. You know, my dad and stuff. When he was, when my dad was fifty, I thought he was an old man. You know what yeah. I mean? And 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 yeah. here I am, like I just bought a bike. I bought a I bought a early nineties uh, a specialized Hemi Dino. And yep. and my uh, my wife's like, where where are you buying that? Like, why do you need that? I'm like, I don't need it. Guy, I said, I don't, I don't need it. it. It's, I might as well just put that money in a savings account because the guy needed to sell it and the guy wanted 150 bucks for it. So I thought, I'll get it. It's gray. It matches the double cab. I'll throw it in the back. She's like, but I don't understand why you, I don't need it. I said, it's just putting money in different different shapes right now. I said, it's a, you know, yeah, you know, it's exactly what it is. It's going to come back. It's going to be worth something, but it's just something nostalgic to have. But we're that generation that we're not just like, the nostalgic and we're sorry and, and we wish we would have had it or, or we have it, but we're too old to use it. Like we're buying it, we're using it, we're experiencing it and we're, and we're bringing yeah. it back. You know, we're, we're trying to pay it forward to the, uh, the younger generation. And I think they'll, they'll Absolutely. Catch on, you know, well, yeah. look, Spike, man, we've been hammering it for a while. And, uh, <laughs> I think we're, I'd, I might have to get you back on again. Cause we might have to get into some real detail about the nuts and bolts of the shop business. Cause we've just been chatting it up Absolutely. here. Yeah,
1: man. Anytime, but I mean, yeah, we, we when the car's here, man. Let's see if we can do something with the car's straight here, and we can do it. I'll, I'll get it back at the shop, and we'll do a video, you know, with it in the shop and that. Because I, I trust me, I'm as excited as I think I've ever been about a car.
0: Oh man, I'm telling you, based on the notch back here, I don't think you'll be disappointed. You know what I mean?
1: No, I, I, I wouldn't. I, I'm looking <laughs> forward to it.
0: I'm lo- I'm looking to see an Instagram video with some 80s. So you've got to find the most 80s song. You know, for the, when you show that car, I'm thinking some Huey Lewis in the news. I'm not really sure. What, like, but you got to do something that's just like as cheese and '80s as it gets. You better go find you some Oakley Terminator shades too. That's it. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it. No, that's right, Spike. Man, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I look forward. Listen, I'll be in England sooner or later. Uh, we're gonna connect, yeah. or if you come to the states for sure, let's connect and. Uh, yeah. I I appreciate everything you're putting out there in the scene. What you're doing across the pond is inspiring us guys here in the States, man. You're doing top level work. I'm jealous of the type 34, Um, you know, and and, and what I like about it, what I like about your type 34 is it looks really, really different than everybody else's type 34, especially with the 16s on there. It's uh, that's a gangster boogie man. Props up on everything you've thanks, done, man. man. It's listen, it's hard work pays off, and you're proof, man. So, um, for listen, sure. Thanks for thanks for it. Ha- thanks for having me on, yeah. Yeah, and people want to get in touch with you. What give me your website, your Instagram, and all that good stuff. Yeah, no problem. So,
1: yeah. oh, I mean, my website, Spikes Vintage Restorations, on uh, on a website. You know, Instagram, Andy to paint, um, Facebook. Uh, yes, again, it spikes. Um, just, just hit me up, you know, even if you just want to chat.
0: <laughs> no, I think it, I look Listen, it's uh, it's great what you're doing, and uh, I'm glad we got you on. Like I said, man, you may be my, my guy across the pond that I keep dipping out to. You got something new coming out, you got something cool coming up. Hit me up, we'll get you on the podcast, man.
1: Will do, man. Yeah,
0: you got it, brother. I appreciate you, man. And take care. All right, thanks again. Yeah, all right, you got it. If you liked that podcast, and I know you did, make sure you share the podcast with a friend. We love when you help grow the the Let's Talk Dubs community by sharing the podcast. Let your friends know where to subscribe. We're available on all platforms, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, all of them. Make sure you like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and also subscribe to our YouTube channel. I can't thank you guys enough for listening, and make sure you want to support the podcast. Go pick up some merch at letstalkdubs.com and buy some merch to support your favorite podcast. I look forward to seeing all you guys down here September 24th for Let's Talk Dubs in the Wagon, one crazy weekend. Until next week, guys. Later. A
1: Volkswagen is a nice station wagon to have a